Welcome back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy, and today's very special edition of Half the Battle is brought to you by BestFightPicks.com. Go to BestFightPicks.com, type your email in that top right corner, and get the best fight picks and podcast delivered to your inbox every single fight week. Joining me on this very special Cowboy versus Cowboy edition of Half the Battle, we got the MMA genius himself in the house. We got the clown kid from Before the Bald Man <laughs> Speaks. We got the MMA state of mind. I mean, really pulling out all the big guns here. And, man, I'm stoked because, I mean, you know, Cowboy versus Cowboy, this is a fight for the fans. This is the kind of fight that, you know, you call over your friends that have never seen UFC before, never seen the sport of MMA before, and you say, hey, this is going to be a real fight. This isn't going to be two guys that go out there and, you know, push each other up against the fence. These are going to be two guys that are going to fight. And one guy's going to fall, and we're going to find out firsthand on Saturday night. So, firstly, MMA Genius, welcome to the show, man. Glad to have you for the first time, bro. Uh, good to be on the show, man. Let's talk some fights. Hell yeah, man. Talk some fights. We will do. The Clown Kid, thank you so much for letting me host your show, man. It was a big honor. Love Before the Bald Man Speaks. Love what you're doing with MMA Junior. How's it going, man? It's doing, it's doing absolutely man. fantastic. Um I'd like to thank you for filling in for me because that was uh, a big save on 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 your part to, to cover from my shortcomings. I would say if you're gonna have friends come over for this card, definitely have them shotgun beers during that Joe Riggs Chris Camozzi fight because that one might be the one that you you lose a couple you lose a couple souls on that one. You know, speaking of that fight, so Chris Camozzi he was doing a little Q and A earlier. I I caught that on Twitter. It was hashtag. Ask Kamozi. So I, I was like, what round are you going to finish him in? You know, I was expecting a, a Conor McGregor. It'll be done in one. But he actually subtweeted me, and he wrote, if you're a betting man, take the under 2.5. And I went to best fight odds. I took a look. It's plus 145. So, you know, he might be onto something here. You know, I met this guy in Nashville. He told me firsthand. He said, I'm going to submit Tom Watson with a guillotine choke. Now, we all know that didn't happen. But if you recall in that first round, he did have a guillotine choke on Tom Watson. I was like, damn, this is coming to fruition. But, man, we'll have to see what happens. I definitely think Joe Riggs is shot. So since we're talking about this fight, I mean, we might as well continue. And currently, let's see what the line is. We got uh, Chris Camozzi at minus 265 with a comeback on Joe Riggs at plus 225. Now I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that I parlayed Chris Camozzi with someone else on the card, but I'm very curious to hear your perspective on this fight. So, I mean, you know, Chris Camozzi, obviously, you know, he did draw some close split decisions. Joe Riggs, he hasn't won a fight in the UFC in 10 years. I mean, he did win that DQ over Ron Stallings. That cost us money, but, you know, is he going to get back in the real winner's circle against Chris Camozzi? Uh, nah, you got to go with Camozzi in this fight. I mean, Riggs typically looks for the way out in most of his fights. Um, I mean, technically, if you look at it, Stallings won the fight. Um, Riggs quit. It wasn't a high poke. It was a punch. Uh, Riggs probably is a better wrestler than Kamozi, but Kamozi's tougher. Kamozi comes to fight, and Kamozi probably wants it more. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I definitely think that wanting it, wanting it more goes a long way in this sport, not to mention the fact that Kamozi's never been KO'd. He's only 29 years old. I mean... Joe Riggs has some mileage on him. He got knocked out in 2006 by Diego Sanchez. One doesn't simply get knocked out <laughs> by Diego Sanchez. Now, the clown kid. I mean, we're on the Chris Camozzi train for this fight specifically, right? 
Yeah, I guess by default here. You know, we're not on the Chris Camozzi hype train normally, but we need to like – it's like when you need to connect, uh, uh, you know, through another train line. You're like, how am I going to get over there? I'll take this quick connector train. I'll take the Chris Camozzi line for, for one quick stopover. Um, God, yeah, I'm not – I'm not loving Chris Camozzi, but I'm definitely not loving uh, uh, the Diesel here. Um, but you know what? I don't want to count the Fight Master out. I don't want to count out Bellator's Fight Master. I don't think he, you know, should spiral out of control and become a plus 500. He's not in no man's land territory. Um, guy shot himself in the leg. Tough enough to survive that. You're tough enough to win an MMA fight. Here's the thing with him, though. I mean, you know, he is a wrestler, and then he'll have these fights where he takes a guy down. And then he injures himself by taking the guy down. And like I said, his only win in the UFC in the last 10 years is by DQ. So, I mean, MMA state of mind. Is Joe Riggs going to turn back the clock, or is uh, Chris Camozzi going to continue this resurgence? I don't know how much of a resurgence it's going to be. Uh, Chris Camozzi is that solid, if you, if you uh, can't beat him, might as well go back on the regional scene. He's the king of the regional scene. And, uh, I think he's going to beat uh, Riggs. Not, it's not going to be spectacular. Unless, like you said, Riggs, I don't know, his spine slips out or his arm falls off or <laughs> like a toe, something weird like that. Like it, he might literally walk in during uh, It's just he, he's getting to this form. <laughs> he's basically just cobwebs and spirit, really. So um, he's just a little bit faster, although he's not fast. He's going to hit a little bit harder, although he doesn't hit hard. He is a little bit better on the ground in the jujitsu sense, even though he's not that good at that, but it's one of those things. It's like, he's a solid six and a half in everything, and Riggs is a five. So he just has a little bit leg up everywhere. So I think he wins. He might actually get that finish at under two and a half at plus. I might look at that, just because saves the fluke. DQ win, in case that happens again. Yeah, and you know, I should have used a better choice of words. I didn't mean resurgence. I mean, he's more like he's coming into his own. I mean, that last fight against Tom Watson, he went out there, he did what he had to do, and I think in this spot, he'll get a two-fight winning streak. So I definitely have Chris Camozzi here for the victory. Now, next up, man, we got a lot of fights on this card, so we got a lot to choose from. And I'm going to go with Daniel Serafian at minus 190 versus Oluwali Bangbosi. At plus 165. Now, it's interesting. Last night, I was watching some uh, Daniel Serafian videos. And uh, first of all, his name is uh, Daniel Serafian. It's not Daniel Serafian. It's Daniel Serafian, just so you guys know. But, uh, you know, he's one of these guys that he's too small for middleweight, but he's too big for welterweight. He's kind of in no man's land. He's training at Power MMA, and we all know. I mean, if you count... The stats, you know, people like to talk about how Nova Onyal is struggling, which, you know, I kind of disagree with. I'll tell you why in a second. But Power MMA, that's the gym that's struggling lately. I mean, you got CB Dalloway, Miles Jury, Ryan Bader. I mean, Johnny Case, even though he won that fight against Cabral, I mean, a lot of people thought he lost. That, that gym, those guys don't look like they're progressing. Now, real quick, I did say I would defend why I think, you know, the Nova Onyal talk is a little bit out of line because, I mean, okay, Aldo lost to McGregor. I mean, that's understandable, right? Burrell lost to a great champion in TJ. That's understandable. Who are the other guys that lost? Valmir Lazaro. Valmir Lazaro got completely robbed 
against Michelle Prezeres. Leo Santos went out there and knocked out Kevin Lee in the first round. So I, I think all this talk about Nova and Yao, you know, not being as good as they once were or, or falling off or whatever, I, I, I don't think that's the right talk here. But as far as this fight's concerned, I mean, those are my thoughts, man. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, as far as the uh, Serafian and uh, Bang Bo's fight, I mean, like, I just feel like no one at Power MMA is uh, progressing. They look stagnant. Like, they're looking real chinny. Like, um, Bang Bo's, like, he kind of looked real emotional in his debut. But, um, I mean, now now he should be comfortable. Now he knows what it's like. Now it's, like, time to see what he's made of. I mean, we've seen Serafian rock before. I mean, I could definitely see someone playing the uh, fight doesn't go to the distance because uh, Bang Bo's is all wins by finish and uh, Serafian's a finisher as well. Yeah, Bang Bo's, he, I mean, he comes to Bang, man. You know, it says it in his name pretty much, and uh, this guy is kill or be killed. You know, my problem when considering a bet on him is that he's never been past the first round in a professional fight, and that's always worrisome, you know, with those guys that they throw 100% with every single shot. you got to worry about how are they going to be in those uh, second and third rounds if someone can weather that early storm. Now, I'm not convinced that Daniel, that Daniel Sarapian can uh, weather that early storm, but that remains to be seen. But at plus 165, it could be worth a shot on the underdog Bang Bozy. I mean, Clownke, what do you think about that? Yeah, you know, you, you kind of nailed it at the end there. I'm always looking for dog opportunities. That's that's kind of my game. I like to buy a lot of dogs. And, and, you know, when you're buying 200s plus 190 dogs, you only need, uh, you know, one out of every two hitting, and you're, and, and you're close. You do a li you hit 60% of them, you're making money. So um, I look at a fight like this. Uh, you know, I hesitate to always say that a gym's doing bad because this is such an individualized sport. But I haven't seen any results from the camp uh, at Power MMA. You know, Ryan Bader was the flagship of that uh, camp, and they were kind of touting that win streak, and we saw that kind of fall to pieces against Rumble. So, yeah, I, I don't want to say it's a failing of the camp, but I, I don't love Serafian there. I've never been super impressed. You know, he, he has some good wins. Yeah. But none of them stick out to me as like a as a turning point in a career or as a you know look at this guy's evolution in his game. So you know I think Bang uh, Bang Bros has uh, some good spots here. You know if you look at his tape, he has some spectacular finishes. And um, yeah, why not throw some money on a dog here? Is the line moving up for um for Odwala or Owali? I, I yeah. Has, uh, it's plus 165 now. A little money has come in on him, but compared to where it opened at minus 110, you know, it's uh, definitely some value there. So, yeah, I see, go that, ahead, reads, that reads to me, wait until the day of the fight, lay your bet then, and, and you know, maybe you'll collect a 170 or 175. I, I like that spot. You might not cash it, but uh, you got a really good shot, I think. Yeah, and, I mean, you win long-term on the underdogs. Now, MMA state of mind, I mean – it, should we take this shot or not? Well, as far as taking the shot, he he's a one-round fighter, as far as we know. So uh, if Serafian, I'm trying my best to pronounce him, he's terrible at names. So that was great. With, but, yeah, there you go. But um, since being with a one-round fighter, it's like probably 90% of the chance he's going to win that first round. So if you look at the round one prop or possibly the TKO prop, that could probably be in the plus 300 or higher. Round one might even be as high as 
five, six hundred, and if that's his dominant way of winning, and you're already for the under, you might as well only just because. By the way, those are fantastic dance moves. That's blowing my mind right now. Really enjoy it. Um, uh, but you might as well go uh, with the prop. That, in my opinion, I'm not even sure if I can play that. I might just not even look at this fight because Serafian's one of those guys that. He can be competitive with good guys. He really, really can. He's had enough split decisions to show. It's like, like those guys, like he's he's decent. But I mean, how good is Bambosi? I, I don't know. He fought Uriah Hall, who took him out around, who could look great sometimes when he does things. So I won't fault you guys for doing the plus money. I'm probably staying away unless one of those props is utterly ridiculous. Yeah, I don't blame you, man. I'm and I'm curious to see if Serafian goes in there. And tries to bang with Bang Bozy, or if he tries to take him down, you know, tries to test out that uh, power MMA wrestling, and uh, you know, maybe pass and get a head arm triangle choke. I- I- I'm really curious what's going to happen there. But another fight we got to talk about is Nathan Coy versus Jonathan Webb. And man, Jonathan Webb, we're looking at the odds currently, and it's minus 260 with the comeback on Nathan Coy at plus 220. And I'll tell you what, guys. Even though Jonathan Webb lost his UFC debut, I was impressed with this guy. Now, normally if a guy loses to Kyle Noak in this day and age, you know, on paper you're like, all right, you know, what what happened there, man? But if you actually watch that fight, you know, a lot of people, myself included, thought that Jonathan Webb won that fight. You know, on the regional scene, I studied him before the Noak fight, and he was mostly a grappler. He was very good with his submissions, very good with his takedowns, very good with his top control, and his striking was a little bit green. But then he goes up there against Noak, who's a very seasoned fighter, and his striking looked much improved. And, you know, he's been training with uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's been training with Paul Felder. He's been training with uh, Rude Boy with the Muay Thai. So I think this is Jonathan Webb's time to shine. And I was talking about how I had Chris Camozzi in a parlay, and I got him in a parlay with Jonathan Webb. So... You know, I think that we're, you know, Nathan Coy, much respect to him, you know. I believe he's got whims over Rick Story and Mike Pierce back in the day. So, you know, I got nothing but respect for him, but this sport is not a joke. This isn't, you know, there's no, there are Cinderella stories here and there, but this guy's 40 years old, and it's just not going to end well on Sunday night in Philadelphia. So, I mean, what do you think about that, the Clown Kid? In Pittsburgh, not Philadelphia. Yeah, um... It, they wish it was Pittsburgh. Wishes they were Philadelphia. Philadelphia is much cooler than Pittsburgh. Um, <laughs> you know, you hit the nail on the head, man. Forty years old, that ain't the right age to be in the cage. You know, you, you want to be about at half that age when when you're stepping in the cage. And um, you know, people value experience, but at some point, that experience is is diminishing returns. I like a guy who's evolving, who shows you new stuff when you see it each time on the tape. You know, when you're watching a fight from two years ago, it looks like a completely different guy. That's the kind of guy you you might want to invest money in. That, that might be a guy you want to circle, you know, watch. Um, even if you don't want to bet this fight, like me, I'm probably going to pass. Um, you know, it, it, that's that's a fighter that you want to watch and see if, you know, maybe he gets a matchup that people are going to discount him in. And then we can, you know, maybe grab him in a great dog opportunity. Um, but I'm with you all the way on this. Um Forty-year-old people usually don't don't get money, um, at least not my money. MMA state of mind. Uh, I'll agree on Webb. I think Webb's gonna win. 
Um, but hey, you can't take away from the fact that Coy once, although lost, went to split decision with Tyrone Woodley before he knew how to strike and use foot movement and got a championship belt. Whatever. But he, he went to split decision with him one time. Um, he's going to lose the web. I uh, can't. That web, don't know about him. <laughs> we got Robot Bob in the house. Robot Bob. You know, I think what he's trying to say is that Jonathan Webb is going to kick Nathan Coy's ass. I mean, you know, back in the day, you're correct. He did go to a split decision with Tyron Woodley. He did beat Rick Story. He did beat Mike Pierce, right? What, Mike yeah. Pierce? I mean, it's like, but that was back in the day. I mean, there's a lot of guys that... You know, what about what about Rocky Johnson, the guy that beat Benson Henderson? What about the guy that knocked out Luke Rockhold in the second round, you know? Back in the day is back in the day. This is 2016, and I truly believe that Jonathan Webb is going to go out there and finish Nathan Coy. Now, next up, you know, I only want to talk about this fight for a second because I do have a bet, and this is half the battle, and we are here to give out winning bets. And I want to talk about Ashley Evans-Smith versus Marion Renault. Now, it's usually against my policy to not bet on the women's MMA fights unless Ronda Rousey or Joanna Janjacek is involved. But I do have some insider info on Ashley Evans-Smith, and she's been extremely focused for the last six months of her life. She's completely changed everything, her diet, you know, outside factors. Everything has changed. And another interesting tidbit is she actually beat Marion Renault in a jiu-jitsu competition. Now, I know this is an MMA fight, and in jiu-jitsu you can't punch someone in the face, but she does have that mental edge of beating her once in a competition, and not to mention she's plus 155. So I took that shot at one unit. You know, we'll see what happens. Mary Renault is a very tough fighter, but she is getting up there in age. She's 40 years old. I know she keeps uh, defying the odds, but I'm taking that shot on Ashley Evans-Smith. You know, she beat uh, a guy before, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so, I mean, wh what do you guys think? Uh, you, you have an opinion on that fight, man? I mean, I definitely got Ashley Evans-Smith there. I mean, Renault, she's like... 37, 38, um, Smith's younger. Just like you said, she's been taking the fight seriously. She's already beat her once in competition. She's got good takedowns. Yeah, she got choked out by Pennington, but shit happens. It's uh, UFC debut. Um, I'm definitely thinking about putting some action on her, but like like you said earlier, like chick fights are really hard to bet on. But, um, yeah, I got Ashley Evans-Smith. Clown kid? Yeah, you know, I, we agree in policy here. I don't bet on on women's. Uh, I just think there's, and it's, you know, you, you could say it's sexism, you could say it's misogyny, but I think that it's just intelligence because right now we just don't know where the ladies stand. You know, all these girls were all fighting in different organizations, all in different regional scenes. So someone who looked like a killer could have just had really good favorable matchups. You really needed them all in one place. Let them mix each other, let them, you know, let, let the waters kind of settle. Let, let the waters find their level until we can really know who's ranked where and, and, and why. Um, you gave some interesting information there, though. So, you know, I am a supporter of I, – I, I'm almost a supporter of blind dog betting at some point. You know, and if, and if you got any real reason to bet a dog that floats a little bit over a buck fifty, um, you might want to do it. You, you bet three dogs at a buck fifty. You only got to hit two of them to break even, um, you know. And then most of them you're getting, you know, buck seventy-five, two hundred. Then, th then you're playing in my range. Um, 
interesting. You know, you say she's 38 years old, though, but I don't know. You know, Renault looks pretty good. That's why a fight like this is a pass for me usually. Um, but I respect your opinion so much, Mr. Mr. Levy, that, that I might have to uh, might have to throw some coin that way. Let's put it this way. I know you guys aren't gonna be, you guys aren't about to lay minus one seventy five. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm just gonna leave it at that. And I mean, Bob, are you taking the shot or are you passing as well? Uh, I'm I'm right on the edge right there. Uh, I think this is similar to the last fight. I think uh, Renault is on her way down, and Ashley Evan Smith is on her way up. Um, is she faster yet? Yes, no. Um, I like that plus 155. Um, if it really goes any higher, I'm just going to have to. But right where it's, I probably will end up at least a unit on it. But especially if that climbs up any higher, I'll have to. And I think maybe by probably maybe by weigh-ins or something like that, it'll probably at least be 160, 165, maybe with reduced juice. Who knows, 170. And that's more what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm going to throw it a little bit down right there. I mean, it's hard to get that uh, little bulldog choked uh, unconsciousness with one second left out of your head, but uh, I'm willing to suspend belief because I really think that uh, Smith was pe- uh, piecing her up before that happened. I forgot about that. <laughs> the bulldog choke <laughs> the the strikes again. <laughs> Man, they cut to commercials right when it happened. So I mean, it's funny. I think that was one of those fights where you know, you know, me and my friends, we like to joke about how, oh, it's a women's fight. Let's bet the over. So I think we bet the over in that fight, and then it cut to commercials as soon as she got choked unconscious. So it comes back to the second round. We're like, yeah, she's kicking her ass, and then we're like, wait, the fight's <laughs> over. So yeah, it was uh, one of those uh, memorable moments that you'll have to relive on UFC Fight Pass. Now next up, man. This is going to be a good one. Alex Garcia versus Sean Strickland. I mean, Alex Garcia, he's at plus 100. He was plus 105 earlier. Sean Strickland, he's minus 120. It's basically a pick And, I mean, this fight kind of reminds me of Sean Strickland versus Santiago Ponzinibbio. You know, you got uh, Alex Garcia. He's uh, he's like a Hector Lombard kind of guy. He likes to come out. He likes to throw some big bombs. He can wrestle, too. And uh, the only issue with him, his biggest knock, is his gas tank. And... You know, if he can go, uh, but in his last fight, he did go all three rounds, but he didn't look as sharp as he normally does. So, you know, it's an interesting question what's going to happen with uh, Alex Garcia. But as far as Sean Strickland's concerned, he kind of reminds me of someone on la- later on on the card of James Krause. He's kind of a better version of James Krause. You know, he kind of tries to play it cute with his jab, and he likes to run around the ring and point fight. And, you know, he will mess some dudes up. But in other fights, you know, he takes a lot of shots, and he's got a hell of a chin. I'll give him that. But, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, he's the point fighter, but he'll get outpointed on the scorecard. So, you know, it's very it's very hard to see what's going to happen. I truly believe this is a pick but there is a chance that Alex Garcia could get the big knockout here. So, I mean, you think Sean Strickland's going to outpoint him, or do you think he's going to get caught? I think uh, Sean Strickland's going to do enough to get a win. I think Strickland's a, a decent prospect at 170. I mean... Alex Garcia, it's either first-round KO or uh, bust. I mean, the Neil Magny fight, he showed good takedowns, but he didn't do anything on top. Strickland's shown uh, good grappling against uh, Bubba McDaniel. I think Strickland, like you said, it's risky to bet on just because of the line, but if Strickland was the underdog, I would definitely play it. But I just think uh, in Alex's last fight, he just looked slow. He looked stiff against an old, aging vet like Swick. And Strickland's just got, he's faster, he's 
more technical, but like you said, he could get clipped in the first round. So that's why I would stay away from it, but I got Sean Strickland. Yeah, man, and nowadays, you know, in 2016, guys that were once explosive, you know, things are starting to change. I'm just going to leave it at that now, the clown kid. I mean, what do you think about this fight, man? Because it's a really pivotal matchup in the 170-pound division. Yeah, um, Sean Strickland has a fantastic nickname. I, I like I like it, Tarzan. Um, so you know, I, I lean towards I, I lean towards him because of that. Um, I keep remembering that Luke Barnett fight. That wasn't good. So I don't know. Maybe I just need to mentally wash my that 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 bad taste out of my mouth and just forget about it. But well, that you know what? No, he won that fight. I think it was it was split decision. He won lost. Yeah, he lost so bad he won. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's uh, that that's one of those that that that, is, that stuck around with me. Um, but you make a fair point, MMA genius. That and, and you said earlier he's got a chin. If Alex Garcia doesn't knock a dude out or or isn't damn near close to him in the first round, it doesn't seem like it gets much better for him. Um. Pick 'em fights, I kind of have learned to avoid because uh, I just don't pick 'em all that well. Um, I lean towards Alex Garcia in this fight. If you're asking me to pick the fight, though. Yeah, and you know, even though that Sean Strickland fight against uh, Luke Barnett was very controversial, you know, we cashed that uh, underdog bet, but karma came back. <laughs> karma came back a bit ass when he fought Santiago Ponzinibbio. Now MMA uh, state of mind. I mean, is he gonna is he gonna get knocked out here? Is Alex Garcia gonna make a statement? Or is Sean Strickland going to come out here and get the victory? Uh, oh, I actually God. have a bet on Alex Garcia. Ooh. <laughs> I uh, think can he you said he's got a bet on Alex Garcia. The internet hated that bet so much that they cut him off. Yeah, I mean, it's like Connor said about it. Like, Facebook doesn't <laughs> want you. <laughs> the internet's telling you, Bob. Bet the other side, dude. Bet the other side. Cash out. Too late. Too late. Too late. I'm back? Awesome. Okay. <laughs> uh, I have a bet on Alex Garcia, uh, but I, I Told you. agree with you. Uh, Is this some kind of sick joke? Maybe you'll find Really? I'm back to us, Bob. Bob's a nice guy. Bob's a sweetheart. He has great cabinetry. You know, he has a he has a lovely home. Hello. You're back, Bob. Hello. Say something to us. Oh, awesome. did someone just join oh, the call? Sorry. I believe. Ooh. What's up, gangsters? Of Cage Cash himself, <laughs> Joey G Sports. You can follow him at Joey G Sports on Twitter. And man, this is one of the sharpest in the game, and we're very happy to have him right here, right now. On half the battle. Welcome to the show, man. Hey, thank you for the glorious introduction, Daniel. I'm not sure if that's so deserved. You know, I, I do what I can for the for the peeps on Twitter. I do what I can for my bankroll, which lately has been uh, just destroy it. I mean, it's like giving money away. I might as well just stand outside by the bridge near my house and hand money to hobos, which probably would do better. I mean, meanwhile, Tony's taking my money at five dimes. So yeah, let's uh let's try to turn that shit around. But it's great to be here with you, gentlemen. Uh, all you guys are upstanding and outstanding follows. So what are we talking about? I feel like I missed a lot. Did I? Well, first we talked about Pumps and Ebo for a while. We are gonna turn shit around because I mean, part of enjoying those nights when we win so much 
you know, you can't enjoy that without having those losing nights. So, I mean, you're going to turn things around. It's not like you bet your house and are fucking, you know, <laughs> sucking dick for crack or any shit like that. So, well, I'm glad you're making those assumptions about me, Daniel. That makes me feel at least like most people won't think that now. Yeah, so we were briefly talking, you know, I, I, I just want to get your take if you're going to make any plays on Kamozi or Jonathan Webb or anything like that, now or Alex Garcia. Were you going to bet on any of those fights? Okay, so you guys covered the earlier part already. Okay, uh, I like Alex Garcia in that fight. Uh, I'm, I'm debating a little bit whether I should be betting him or if I should maybe take a shot on that over because Strickland, uh, Sean Strickland that is, doesn't put out a lot of uh, output, for lack of a better expression or way of describing him. I have been very unimpressed with his uh, performances so far in the Octagon. And Garcia, you can kind of say the same about him, but I think he's got some physical traits that, that give him a bit of an advantage here, strength mainly, and I think he can get a takedown. He trains at TriStar as well. I think his camp is better than Strickland's. Um, so, yeah, Garcia might be worth a stab at, at even money. Uh, what else did you talk about? Jonathan Webb, yeah, I think he's in a in a favorable spot against Nathan Coy. Coy's going to have to try to grind him out to win. I don't think he can do that because Webb's a better athlete, younger guy, still improving. I think he probably got robbed against Kyle Noak, but that's just my opinion. Um, yeah, so I'll be betting Webb in a parlay for sure. And then uh, what else did you guys talk about? What other fights real quick? I can brush Here's over those. The, the, the fading oh. of Joe Riggs. Yeah, man, I gotta tell you, uh, definitely check out Cage Cash this week, which I just finished recording with Nate Miller. We had a pretty nice conversation, a pretty uh, colorful conversation, if you will, about uh, Joe Riggs. I mean, great guy, you know, love the dude. I mean, he's been around forever. Provided with some with some uh, some very epic bouts and not so epic bouts in in, in recent history. We're kind of debating whether or not they should open three-way betting like they do in soccer for Joe Riggs fights. It's like A, Joe Riggs wins, B, Joe Riggs' opponent wins, or C, Joe Riggs defeats himself in some egregious fashion. <laughs> I mean, since I bet on his opponent, what I hope happens is what happened in the Ben Saunders fight. I just hope he takes his opponent down and quits. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I'd be down with that. Just please, ref, don't DQ Chris Camozzi. Do us all a favor this time. You know, I know I lost on Ron Stallings, but let's get it back, man. Come on, let's get this back. And next up, man, I'm really glad that Joey G came in time to talk about James Krause versus Shane Campbell. I mean, this is the one that I've been studying all week. This is the one where I'm going to sound like a cocky idiot about it. I, I just feel like Shane Campbell's about to go in there and whoop some ass. He's an underdog. I put two units on it. I mean, here's the deal with this fight. James Krause is one of these guys that goes out there. He tries to be cute with his jab. You know, he doesn't really like to fight per se. If you're very inactive, he'll go out there and outpoint you. If you're Sam Stout, he'll have the performance of his career against you. But if you're a real fighter, you'll put this guy away. And I think that people don't understand how much of a real fighter Shane Campbell is. I mean, this is a guy that's had over 100 K1 fights. This is a guy that in his UFC debut, you know, people are like, oh, but he got knocked out by John McDessey. He took that fight on four days short notice. He goes in there like a badass. He's probably on the bar stool, gets the phone calls like, all right, oh, I got to make weight and fight him. Okay, that's all I know how to do anyways. So he goes out there, and, you know, he fights him. And it's not like he got knocked out viciously out cold like Keith Jardine or some shit. He just, you know, he, uh, he got caught, and uh, he, was, uh, he got gassed within two minutes of that fight because – he wasn't training. But then his next fight, he goes out there. People are like, oh, he's going to get grinded. And he's the one that grinds out the black belt. So 
I think Shane. I think that James Krause is in big trouble here. I put two units on Shane Campbell. What do you think, MMA genius? Yeah, I definitely got a Campbell in this spot. I mean, Krause just has the tendency to not show up at times. I mean, he's good, but when he has to respond to punishment, he shies away. He's folded up every time. Look, Lazaro fight, Masvidal, Bobby Green. When he's had to fight back and fight, Justin he Lawrence. Doesn't, Justin Lawrence, he doesn't fight back. Campbell's a K1 striker. I think he's going to bust up his legs, front kicks to the ribs. Krause is probably slightly better on the ground, but Campbell just uh, outgrappled a black belt in Siberia, <laughs> and he's a K1 striker. Dude, and I, not, not only that, but, you know, it's funny. You know, a lot of people like to joke about how, uh, oh, he's only famous because of the Hadouken. But if you go and you watch that Hadouken, it's not just a Hadouken. He lands a front kick out of hell, and then he beats that guy like uh, like Debo beat the guy on Friday. So, I mean, it was really bad. Uh, are we on board here with Shane Campbell, or are we going to pick the uh, Are we on board with Friday references? Oh, we make you Friday references right out. Now on half the battle. So what do you think, Clown Kid? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. I think i got to rewatch that movie. Chris Tucker was legendary. Um, um, Jesus. I interviewed, actually, James Krause before this fight for um, with, with, with Nick on MMA Junior Radio. He seems super focused. Um, it seems like, you know, he runs his own gym. He, he owns and operates it out of, um, it's just outside of Kansas City. And, um... Which, you know, I think actually might not be the greatest benefit for most fighters. You know, you're not getting the highest level sparring. You're not seeing, you know, really great looks. Um, especially when, when you talk about, like, the team that he has surrounding him there. It's not, it's not the best. He, he says it's a benefit. I think, you know, m most fighters are always going to spin everything positively, though. So you got to be careful. Um, you know, just taking people at their word there. Um, but overall, his demeanor is super confident. He thinks he's going in there first-round finish. Um, Shane Campbell is a kickboxer. Doesn't have the quite the level of experience. So I think this is closer to a pick -em fight. I'm shying away from it probably. Uh, you know, I just don't like you know, betting a guy who mostly has a kickboxing background against someone who's has such a long history in, in MMA. I mean, God, James Krause has fought in WEC. He fought in Bellator. He fought in Titan fighting. He's fought in every goddamn organization that you could probably name. Um, whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, probably not. Um, you know, or that's up for debate. But, um, yeah, like I'm saying, shy away from this one. I'll put a, I'll put a pick on, on Krause, the, the slight favorite. Yeah, and I mean, he said the exact same shit against Valmir Lazaro. He's like, I'm going to go out there and finish him in the first round. And uh, if he's saying that against Shane Campbell, I mean, that's really good for us if he's underestimating him like that because he's not going to go out there and finish Shane Campbell in the first round. And, you know, I saw an interview he did with Frank Trigg, and he's all like, oh, Shane Campbell, he's one of these Muay Thai guys. You know, he doesn't have any footwork. I'm like, all right, bro, perfect, man. Like, uh, We're going to cash this bet. It's awesome, man. So, I mean, uh Joey G, uh, are, are you on board with us here or not? Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know I'm all about that, boy. Uh, I'm, all, I'm right there with you, Daniel. Uh, Shane Campbell, Hadouken or Kamehameha, depending on, your, uh, depending on your preferences if you're a Dragon Ball Z guy. Um, yeah, I mean, he, uh, he, he's the man, despite all that. 
I think that he's got a good shot here because his striking is more technical. He'll be favored on the feet for sure. James Krause, yes, he has a route to victory. He could work for some takedowns perhaps, get it there, work a submission. We've seen him win like that before, but I've also seen a James Krause show up that is somebody that I would never want to trust with my money, a guy who's very inconsistent, a guy that uh, leaves a lot to be desired on fight night. Krause is not a favorite of mine. Uh, that is not a, you know... That is not unknown to those who follow me and have listened to my podcast before, but that could be said, I'm sure, for many of us or in the community. James Krause just doesn't leave a good taste in the mouth often. I mean, I look back to the Jamie Varner fight where uh, he ended up winning that fight via stoppage after the r for first round was over. I mean, Varner clearly injured his foot in the first round, was pretty immobile, and was still managing somehow to put up a fight against Krause, and it looked like he was faring okay. Like, I mean, had he actually been able to walk, surely would have came away with a victory there, uh, at least in my mind. Uh, so, yeah, Krause not in a good spot here, I think, because uh, Campbell looked better grappling in his last fight. We didn't expect him to grapple with Silverio, and he did a pretty good job in that. If he can uh, replicate that even the slightest, I think if it stays on the feet, Krause will be outworked, and Campbell will pick up the win. I'm with you with two units on the underdog. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of Robert Whitaker versus Uriah Hall, where you know you got the one guy, Uriah Hall, the James Krause, where you know if he shows up, you know it's pretty, but he never shows up. And then you've got the other guy who everyone underestimates, who's always the underdog, and when he goes out there, he impresses people with flashes of brilliance. So that's what I think about it. What do you think, MMA State of Mind? Uh, I think James Krause thinks he's going to win in the first round in every single fight. It's why he <laughs> underestimates every single fighter he fights, and it's the reason that they catch him with things they shouldn't catch him with, and he thinks he's a better striker than he is. He thinks he's a better grappler. He's a pretty slick grappler. I'm not going to deny that. He, he's actually pretty good in that regard, probably his best area, in my opinion. Um, I'm not betting Campbell straight yet. That's... Um, the internet is disagreeing with you just like we are, man. I mean, every time you decide not to bet Campbell straight, it cuts you off. What's going on, Bob? Look at that Bob Voss face I at the bottom that. of the screen. That's fantastic. That's what I thought, Bob. So Campbell... <laughs> Bob is the most handsome person on this show. I'm going to throw that out there. Yeah, uh, that, that, that's true. That's true. I'll, I'll, I'll give him that. If you were gonna have, if anyone was gonna suck dick for crack on this show, it definitely should be Bob. You'll <laughs> <laughs> make the most money, dude. Oh no! Speaking, hey. speaking of which, should we talk about Kawajiri versus Bermudez? Who's sucking dick in that fight? <laughs> <laughs> I know who will be on his knees for most of the fight, shooting for oh. failed takedowns. <laughs> I'm not allowed oh, to say, up. but Go what up. I can say. Are the odds are minus three seventy on Bermudez with the comeback on Kawajiri at plus what is it plus three ten Wow holy <laughs> shit it's gone up and I mean you know firstly you know the West the true UK fan he was supposed to be on this show you know I don't think he's hurt I think he's scared but I want to mm. apologize to him because I told him to bet on Jason Knight. You know, even though we, you know, we won 12 units that weekend anyways, I apologize for the Jason Knight bet. That was a terrible bet. But this is completely different. I think that now we are going to beat Kawajiri. The only thing is I'm not going to bet on it because, I mean, what, it's like plus 370 or some shit. I'm just like, 
Yeah, you know, this motherfucker gets dropped by everyone. Bermudez gets dropped by Tommy Hayden. By I mean, who the fuck is he get dropped by? Lamas. Grice. Grice. Uh, uh, fucking Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Stevens. Uh, Max Holloway. But, but, but what's the common theme there? All those dudes hit like fucking Mack trucks, man. Does Kawajiri's fists really worry you in this fight? I, they don't worry me. Mac, I like Does Matt Grice or Tommy Hayden hit like a Mack truck? I think it's more of a... Grice has good fists. about this right here, this chin, not an issue of who's hitting him. Look, because it's not like Jeremy Stevens, you know, threw that big fucking right hand. He hit him with a flying knee, but even though that would knock anyone out, but the point I'm trying to make here is he might not take the best punch, you know, and uh, he's one of these guys like C.B. Dalloway. He's kind of a meathead, (laughs) but I I do think that'll be enough to beat uh, Kawajiri. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think uh, Kawajiri's just going to give Bermudez the game that he wants. I think he's going to shoot takedowns on him, and Dennis is going to stuff all of them and just outwork him. He's going to be more explosive, more stronger, more powerful. And just get a nice thirty twenty-seven. Yeah, I mean that's how I see it going. Maybe even maybe even catch him in a submission along the way. I mean, what do you think, Joey G? Yeah, I'm thinking about that list that you brought up. All those guys that that's uh, rocked or dropped Bermudez, and and you know, yeah, that's a big list. Nothing to be uh, nothing to be proud of if you're Dennis. But I mean, out of all those guys, who did he lose to? He lost to Max Holloway, who is a really good fighter, and he lost to Jeremy Stevens, who I mean, everybody's getting knocked out by that shot, right? Lamas. <laughs> okay, and he lost to Lamas, who has been a title challenger. Lamas is a good fighter. I mean, I think that Bermuda is actually a better fighter than Lamas, but I'm just saying. We're looking. We're looking at you. You mentioned Matt Grice and Tommy Hayden, who don't fit in that group, but he didn't lose to them. He won't lose to Kawajiri. Kawajiri's not a big puncher anyway. And sure, if he hits him, he could hurt him. Anybody can hurt anybody any given day. We've seen Mike Russo knock out Todd Duffy. We've seen Diego Rivas knock out Nawad Lahat with some crazy shit that costs a lot of us money, but. Bermudez is is a, is a better fighter than guys that get finished by guys like that. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think really, uh, I think you mentioned at the end uh, the possibility uh, of him finishing. I don't think it's without uh, it's out of the question that he couldn't finish him. I think about the Gilbert Melendez Kawajiri fight that took place back at Strikeforce. Oh, I can see man. it going down very similarly to that, honestly. Dude, he smashed him that night. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, it, it, it was like Scott Coker. You know, and Gilbert Melendez were having a conversation. He's like, look, man, you're in your hometown. I want you to go out there and smash this guy. Who should we call? So they're like, let's call up this guy Kawajiri. So they call up Kawajiri. He goes out there. He gets completely smashed. And, you know, we all think, uh, oh, he's just uh, one of these cans. And then he actually went on a kind of a a little bit of a resurgence. Now I'm going to use the word properly. And he makes it to the UFC. But now is his chance against Bermudez and... I don't think it's going to go well. Do you think it's going to go well to the Clown Kid? Man, uh, I say it all the time. I'm always looking for dog opportunities, and this is not a dog opportunity at all, dude. Avoid this one like the plague. Um, I don't know. if You can put Bermudez into a parlay if that's the kind of game you want to play. I wouldn't put him in a prop to finish because we know he's allergic to finishing. Um, but I thought actually MMA Genius broke it down really well. Um Kawajiri plays right into his game, probably, and, and ends up being a menace grind fest. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't have said it better myself. I mean, what do you think, uh, MMA State of Mind? Well, I'm hoping the internet doesn't kill me this time. But uh, Bermudez should win. He's better 
we basically likes to brawl when he doesn't have the chin to brawl. But his recovery is fantastic, and the only fights he's been put out is the guy that's been able to immediately capitalize on being rocked. But that's not Kawajiri. He's not going to lock up that stuff. He's not going to get that finish. So at bare minimum, it's going to be a 30-27 Bermudez. But nope, because it's price too steep for that chin. Yeah, and we all agree Bermudez is going to win. That's why the internet just worked there. And, you know, you know, and, I, and I'm just kind of talking a little bit when I talk about how, uh, you know, he gets dropped every fight because, you know, he really is a very solid fighter. It's just a matter of he'll be, he'll, he'll be looking very good in a fight, and then he'll get dropped out of nowhere, and, uh, you know, he'll make a mistake that catch that costs him, you know, against Lamas. That's a perfect example. I thought he was going to win that fight. He goes out there. You know, he's doing his thing. He takes him down. He's got him up against the fence. He's landing big leg kicks. Then he gets dropped with a jab and choked out. I'm like, oh, uh, okay, man. <laughs> well, all right. So, you know, I, and that's been the story here. So, you know, he drops uh, he drops Diego Brandau, and then he gets caught in an arm bar. And it's not like it's a one-time thing, and then you go and you, you learn a lesson. It's been like a pattern. It's been like a history. But I would still think he can neutralize Kawajiri. So we'll have to see what happens on Sunday in Pittsburgh. Now, next up, we got Augusto Mendez. You know, he's taking this fight on a couple days' notice against uh, Cody Garbrandt. Garbrandt is minus 365. The comeback on Augusto Tanquinho Mendez is plus 305. And, you know, interestingly enough, you know, we like to talk about how, you know, Dubronx, he uh, had a torn esophagus, and then uh, a week later, he didn't have a torn esophagus, and then a week later, he took a fight the same yeah, week. Harper. Hey, you sure that was an esophagus? I heard it was a labia. <laughs> 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 Dude, then a week later, he just takes, saying, just he, saying. He, he takes a fight the same exact week that Max Holloway takes a fight. Now, the reason I'm bringing that up is because, uh, first of all, we had a situation like that in the last fight because Dennis Bermudez was expected to fight Maximo Blanco on that Boston card, and then he pulls out, and then two days later, he's scheduled to fight Kawajiri. But now we got a situation like that with Mendez where he was scheduled to fight Charles Rosa. Then he gets injured the very next day. Now he's fighting Cody Garbrandt. So, you know, maybe he's legit injured. I'm, I'm not talking shit. I'm just having fun here. And uh, as far as his fight's concerned, you know, like we like to say, striker versus grappler, right? But here's the thing. It's not any kind of it's not any kind of grappler. We got a guy in Tokino Mendez who, I mean, I mean, if he takes you down and uh, he can tap you out, man. He's very, very good. But here's the thing. Cody Garbrandt, he's got to know that. He's got to use his footwork. He's got to pick him apart and hopefully knock him out. And what I hope for his sake happens is that, you know, if he's picking apart and then drops him and then he's trying to follow up, I don't want him to, to sit in the guard and, like, you know, try to prove a point. I want him to get back up and be like, come on, bro, let's go. Because that's what's going to diminish the confidence of Tanquinho Mendez. So, we're just going to have to see what happens, you know. I don't think the underdog is going to come through here. I mean, you think the favorite's got it? No, nah, you have to definitely be on Garbrandt here. I mean, I think if he uh, stuffs a couple of takedowns and puts the hands on this kid, that uh, Mendez will go down. I mean, I watched a couple of his fights. He's pretty choppy, pretty sloppy on the feet. Garbrandt's too polished for him. Luckily for Garbrandt, uh, Garbrandt he's not fighting John tonight. But, um, <laughs> uh yeah, I ha I'm definitely all over Garbrandt, and uh, inside the distance is plus money, I think, so, uh, yeah, I'm on Garbrandt. Now, Joey G, I know uh, you had to change your uh, pick to click like many others did, so, uh, you know, who you got here, man? 
Yeah, let's all pour out a drink for my pick to click, uh, John Lineker. <laughs> which, damn, man, that was going to be one of the larger bets I've placed in a little while, and hopefully would have brought my uh, subpar MMA betting total for this uh, 2016 up a bit. Uh, yeah, I'm real sad about that. But you know, let's let's look at this in a different way. I I actually like Augusto Mendez as a prospect. I think he's got some uh some good potential. He's a great ground fighter, 100%. Very dangerous with submissions. The striking leaves a bit to be desired, but he is developing. I think that he could definitely get to a point to where that would be serviceable enough to get him uh, some good victories over guys that do even have pretty good grappling skills. Uh, which Garbrandt does. He has good defensive wrestling for the most part from what we've seen. We've never really seen that tested to the max, which uh, I think we could possibly see a, a little bit of that in this fight. thing about Garbrandt is I wasn't impressed with all of them against uh, Henry Briones. I had a bet on Garbrandt, uh, or it was either that or the under. I can't really remember. I just remember being very disappointed one way or the other, and even a tad nervous because Cody just refused to, to put out volume. He refused to throw in that fight which was strange because to me it seemed like Briones was completely overmatched. If we see that, Garbrandt, I think Mendes has openings in this fight, but still it'll be tough because I'm not sure if he can get it to the mat. You know, that team alpha male wrestling uh, pedigree and background that Garbrandt has should be enough to keep him upright and probably secure a decision win here, uh, if not a knockout. I mean, we've seen him put people to sleep before. Uh, I'm hoping that he wins and looks impressive in this fight so I can look to fade him in the future because I don't think as highly of him as a lot of people do. And on the same token, hopefully Mendez looks really bad and uh, I can bet him at a better price than I would have got against a more you know, capable fight for him going forward, a better matchup, I should say. Yeah, now here's the thing with that fight against Briones. You know, obviously I bet on Garbrandt to win inside the distance, and that didn't happen. So at the time, that's I'm what like, it was. I'm like, man, was I'm like, man, what, what the fuck, man? I thought you were supposed to be this hot prospect, but then I watched it the other night. You know, no money on the line or anything, and you know, he he just put on a, a safe performance. You know, he was good technically. He just didn't take too many risks. Now. In this fight, you know, basically he's, he's got to do the same thing. Or he can go out there and knock him out and shine. It's just a matter of, you know, do you want to get that performance bonus or do you just want to get the win? So, I mean, what do you think is going to happen here, MMA State of Mind? I think you got to play Garbrandt in some way. I'm still trying to figure out how I'm going to do it. Um, I like the under because then it gives me the cushion of Mendes possibly getting that quick sub, which is really his only chance obviously, but I don't think he can get it to the ground. Uh, Garbrandt in the distance, last I checked, was plus 100. I kind of want more money on that because, like you said, he can play it safe. So um, I guess until I find a, a safer parlay leg for him at minus 360, I think he was last time I looked. He might have gotten steeper on the other side, but I think it's his fight to lose. So here's hoping he shows up and everyone thinks he's going to be the next champion and then he loses. Because I agree with Joey about him. And, man, you know, it's Bye. interesting because a lot of people like to be like, oh, 135 pounds is thin, but you got Garbrandt, you got Thomas Almeida, Jimmy Rivera, John Lineker, Yuri Alcantara, TJ, Dominic. I mean, I can go on forever. So, I mean. Aljo? Aljo. Like, I mean, oh, yeah, there's, that guy, there's, there's that guy, Aljo, too. And, uh, <laughs> that dude. That dude. So, uh, the clown kid, I mean, who's going to take it here? Well, I'm still in shock that you listed Yuri on Katara in that list. Yeah. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's, let's pump the brakes a little bit there. Um, hey, top 15, man. 
Yeah, top, top prospect. Yeah. There you go. Top yeah, thirty-nine-year-old prospect. He's gonna be in the old folks' home in two years. Jesus, dude. Um, yeah, we talk about young murderers, row, and then you throw in Alcazar. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm glad we got Joey on here because I'm. I'm gonna steal your boy's phrase here. Fade plant Cody Garbrandt. That is what's <laughs> up, man. Mm. Yeah. We're tending it right now. Are we are, are we trying to harvest right now, or are we just letting the letting the tree grow? I'm thinking there's a chance of an early harvest. You know, the weather's been good recently. Hottest January on weather. Global yeah. warming. El Nino. We might have to plant. We might have to pluck that plant early, guys. Um, oh here's, yes. here's the thought process. Dude likes getting clipped. He, he, he does. does. He gets clipped a lot. You get touched a little bit and you fall to the ground and you get in a bad position against Mendez, you're choked out with the swiftness. This dude isn't, isn't black belt good. This guy is black belts of black belts. He's a lethal killer on the ground. Within the Brazilian jiu-jitsu community, he's known as just a murderer. I mean, Tequeño, whatever this nickname is, I'm not so good with the Portuguese guys. It means little tank. So I love that, man. I could just imagine him just touching that chin, just staggering him a little bit, you know, crawling on his back, cinching up that choke, and me cashing all that sweet money. This is a plus 305 dog, and I love every bit of it. Um, nom, 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 nom. I think we'd prefer a big tank, but a little tank will do, I guess. It's, it's a plus 35, guys. How big can the tank get, dude? Hey, your, well. your car's bigger than him. By, I'm not going to comment by. on the size of uh, Tanquinho's tank, but we'll let you talk about that. Damn, good luck with that, man. That's ballsy. And speaking of ballsy, we got Home Carnero at plus 335 versus Derek Brunson at minus 420. And, I mean, obviously, you know, the foregone conclusion is that Brunson's going to knock him out in the first round. But, I mean, last time Carnero was plus 250 against Munoz, that cashed easy. And in this fight... It just feels like one of those situations where, you know, Brunson's probably waking up in the morning, and he's like, oh, I got to fight Juca, you know. Maybe I can uh, hit up McDonald's real quick, you know, because I'm a, I'm a specimen and stuff. Whereas Tarnero, you know, he moved to Florida for the fight, you know, because he's originally from Atlanta. He moved to Florida, moved away from his kids. He's focused as hell. He wants this bad. You know, he, he was initially supposed to fight Musasi, but now he gets the chance to fight Brunson. It's funny, I went to a... Uh, a local event in ATL. They were both in attendance, but uh, that's a story for another time. As far as this fight's concerned, I mean, I'm taking the plus 335. Look, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, according to the great Wayne Gretzky. And, I mean, the way that I cashed the plus 250 dogs, the plus this, the plus that, is by taking those shots. So I'm taking that shot here, plus 335. We're going to take him down. We're going to choke him out. What do you think? Totally agree, man. You have to take the shot on Jakal. Look, Derek Brunson, his path to victory is bum-rushing him and knocking him out in 40, 40 seconds or so. If he doesn't, like, if Jakal gets on top of this fight, he's going to choke him out. Jakal's jiu-jitsu is that good. I don't think a lot of people understand how good his jiu-jitsu I think if uh, Brunson gets on his back, which he probably doesn't train that much off of, considering he's a really good wrestler, I think he's going to be in a lot of trouble. Like, I think Jukai's going to catch him in, like, an arm bar, uh, something like that. But um, you have to take the shot on Jukai, in my opinion, at least. And, I mean, this is a guy that fought Anderson Silva. He fought three men on one night. 
and defeated them. And, I mean, we're talking about D1 wrestlers. We're talking about former UFC fighters. Now he's in the UFC, and he's got a big opportunity in front of him. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm not going to ask anyone specifically, but I'm going to ask the general three of you. Is anyone taking the shot, or are you all on Brunson? Brunson. (laughs) (laughs) It's got to be Brunson for me. Brunson TKO. Y'all got to ship me whatever you guys are doing over down in Atlanta. I need that over here. If you're laughing at me for taking my shot at the 300 dog, and then you're going after the guy who's fighting last year at Battlegrounds? Battlegrounds? (laughs) The fuck's Battlegrounds, dog? (laughs) It was a fun event. I'll give you that. Wonderboy, bro. Dude, uh, Cody McKenzie cut weight for that fight by giving blood. He gave blood to make weight for that for that wow. tournament. And drink beer to dehydrate himself. Oh yes, that's even more important to note. Even imagine how drunk he was after giving blood and then just pounding Pilsner. Yeah, fantastic. Just, I mean, is there anyone better in MMA than Cody McKenzie? He beat Brock Larson in the finals of that Battlegrounds. To win that Battlegrounds championship, Brock Larson was the He beat Brock Lesnar to win the title? That's <laughs> yeah, incredible exactly. stuff, man. It was at WrestleMania. It was pretty sweet, dude. Forget that. I'm changing my pick. It's all you cow from here. Listen, choking out Mark Munoz is, is a far cry from having to choke out Derek Brunson. Dude's a super athlete, trains at Jackson's, is a monster. He's a grinder, and now he's finally learning how to throw them bungalows, baby. I like Derek Brunson. <laughs> I'm not going to bite it. Yeah. Let, uh, you let's know. be honest. Hey, yeah, good point. If Shakao gets on top or whatever, yeah, sure, he's dangerous. When's the last time somebody got on top of Derek Brunson? Yoel Romero didn't get on top of him, and that's about the that's about as mean and nasty as they come at 185. Derek Brunson has looked great in his UFC run, honestly. I mean, uh, you have to go back as far as a fight he took on short notice against Jacare Souza at a time that he was very green, or at least much too green to take that fight, and he looked bad. He got knocked out. Okay, against Romero, he looked fantastic. And say what you want to, I mean, Yoel Romero, soldier of God, soldier of steroids, one or the other, I don't know. Maybe that had something to do with all those miraculous victories. No respect to gay Jesus. Uh, You know, know, Brunson's going to win here because, yes, he could blitz him and knock him out early. I think that's a possible route to victory. I also think it's a possible route to victory. It's not out of the question to say Brunson could just take him down and, and maintain top position and stay out of danger. That's possible. Not necessarily the smartest route to victory, but it is possible. Thirdly, I do also believe that if Brunson wants to measure himself and pace himself on the feet, that he could outstrike Jacal for 15 minutes. It's clearly possible. <laughs> the picture. Andrew, Andrew has the no for gay, gay Jesus. Well, firstly, that's saved on my phone. That's saved on my phone. Yoel didn't get on top of Brunson because he broke his jaw and made him look away towards the ref. So I'm just going to leave that. But anyways, even though that underdog cashed, we'll move on to the main event where Cowboy fights. Shameless plug. Shameless plug. Hey, winning is winning. You know, we can justify it. We can say, uh, oh, he, uh, he did this, the stool that, <laughs> Derek Brunson took him down in the first round this. Yeah. Winning is winning. He lost. fully anyway. expecting the MMA genius to start raining dollar bills over your head right now as you start speaking. Let's just let it rain, baby. Make it rain. Uh, we're going to let it rain all right. Now, next up, uh, we got Cowboy versus Cowboy. And, I mean, 
you know, honestly, I think it's a better matchup than Means versus Cowboys. No disrespect to Means because that's an incredible matchup in itself. But, you know, when you have a poster that says Cowboy versus Cowboy, non-MMA fans are going to watch it. And like I said at the very beginning of the show, this is the kind of fight that non-MMA fans can watch because people are going to go out there and they're going to try to fight till one guy falls down. The question is who's going to fall down. Now, conventional wisdom says that Donald Cerrone is going to win the fight because he always wins when he fights against a non-top-ten you know, top 10 guy or a non-top-5, non-challenger, you know, or, or champion. But, you know, there comes a time when fighters don't take punches like they used to. There comes a time when they start getting knocked out by guys that they're not supposed to get knocked out by. There comes a time when Rafael Dos Anjos beats your ass and you're not the same mentally. So, I mean, is... Cowboy Oliveira going to rise to the occasion here, or is it going to be the typical, you know, Cowboy Cerrone drops him and chokes him out? All right. Uh, first thing, Joey, that is a beautiful hat, by the way. My oh, man. <laughs> Stay strong, brother. Our time's coming one day. We got it, man, next year. In next 2054. Year. Yeah, you hey, guys got it. Hey, Andrew, the struggle is real, man. But don't forget, before Tom and Bill, you guys were just shit. Don't forget, Gay Jesus. <laughs> All right, uh, so, yeah, as a fight, like, this fight's pretty kind of dry, man. Like, it's like, can Alex Cowboy, like, stalk him early and make Cowboy fold? We know Cowboy, if you hit him hard in the body early, there's a good chance, like, he could possibly just take a knee and go out. Like, Dos Anjos, like, he beat the living shit out of Cowboy in his last fight. That That's like, we saw how Pettis looked against Alvarez after he fought Dos Anjos. Like, there's a good chance Cowboy isn't the same man. Like, I think, like, Cowboy... I'm going to see how the night goes to see, like, if I want to make a play on him. But um, I think, like, he could possibly get Cowboy out of there early in the first round. But if not, Cowboy's probably just going to take him down, use his wrestling. He's a better wrestler, better on the mat. And he'll probably get a late submission, fourth round or so. But, I mean, I got Cerrone, but I wouldn't uh, – I would definitely consider a bet on Alex Cowboy. Yeah, and the thing I like about this guy, Alex Cowboy, is, you know, he kind of reminds me of OSP a little bit. He's ugly, you know, it doesn't look the prettiest, but he's effective, and he knows how to win. But unfortunately, probably like OSP, he probably loses to the top five guys. So we'll have to see if he rises to see the occasion. So, I mean, uh, Clown Kid, is he going to rise to the occasion in Pittsburgh? The first thing you use to describe OSP is that he's ugly. That's a great athlete. <laughs> Multiple winning in big spots across his UFC career. Ugly dude. <laughs> That's what we've taken away from his career. Um, all right, I like I like Brazilian cowboy here. Uh, I actually do. Um, I think I'm hearing a lot of stuff from cowboy that I can you know conject to, to mean that uh, he's really not he's not taking this fight as serious as he could be. Um, you know, and sometimes that's worked to his advantage. Let's be real. Um, you know, he seems to do better kind of when he's thinking about fighting less. But you're moving up in a weight class. This guy's got a reach advantage on you. He doesn't do that great when he has when he doesn't have the reach advantage. He used to be a big 155er. Now he's kind of fighting guys his size. He might be a couple inches taller, but I think he has a substantial reach disadvantage. You guys who actually study these things can tell me uh, how accurate that is. Um, 
you know, this guy, the Brazilian cowboy, he really likes to, you know, finish. He, he's out there to strike. He likes the body shot. We know that that's a weakness in Cowboys defense. Um, this is not going to be a wrestling match. This is going to be a stand em up, rock em, sock em. It might end in submission, but that'll be the kind of thing where someone gets knocked down and then they dive on a rear naked choke. Um, I see, I see, um, you know, I, I see uh, the, the Brazilian getting this finish, probably in the second round, maybe late in the first. <laughs> Joey G Sports, who gets the finish? Bold prediction. Mr. Andrew Lawrence, uh, but hey, like uh, like our friend Dan says, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. So, um, yeah, hey, fair play. So, Cowboy versus Cowboy. Donald Cerrone is coming off a very brutal loss uh, to RDA, which, you know, say what you will about that. I actually picked Cowboy in that fight for some reason. In hindsight, it's very difficult for me to see why. Um, we all know that Cerrone is a slow starter historically and that he doesn't deal well with pressure fighters. Well, RDA just so happens to be one of the most elite pressure fighters in the game today. Alex Oliveira, he's a couple things. He's not that pressure fighter, okay? And he's not going to throw the volume nor the forward pressure at Cerrone that has been known to get him out of there in the past. So I think getting finished early... That would be Oliveira's best path to victory, but I don't think that that's how the fight's going to go. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, Cerrone struggles a little early. You were right about the reach advantage. It's a three-inch reach advantage for uh, the Brazilian cowboy. Donald's two inches taller, and I think that Oliveira will actually be the much bigger man in the uh, octagon because I heard somewhere, or read rather, I should say, that uh, Cerrone's walking around 175 this week, so a very slight cut for him, pretty much just a... Uh, a workout, and then he's down to 171. And uh, and I know that Cowboy Oliveira came into the cage somewhere around 180 plus against uh, Piotr Hallman in a lightweight fight. So if he was able to rehydrate 25 plus pounds at lightweight, I got to imagine that he was uh, he was much heavier than that before he started his cut. And you got to think he's much heavier than that now. So he's over two bills, I'm feeling, and uh, he might give Cowboy some problems. If he fights against type and actually pressures, I would be very worried for Cowboy. So I'm laying off a bet, probably until live or, like MMA Genius said, maybe even right around uh, fight time. See what see what I'm feeling, see what I see, and uh, and how the night goes. But I will say this: uh, Donald Cerrone's really got better skills everywhere, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. He's a better striker. He's a better grappler. Uh, with submissions and wrestling for my money. And I think that we'll see Cowboy Oliveira slow down a little bit as this fight goes on. If anything, at 170, Cowboy should have even better cardio than he had at 155, and it was never a problem for him there. If it goes long, I see Cowboy taking this fight to the ground at some point and getting a submission. So I'm going to pick uh, Donald Cowboy Cerrone by submission, and he'll get the job done and bounce back from his title loss. You betting on it? Like I said, I'm going to pass on a bet until, you know, I'll see if the price gets better. If some money comes in on the Brazilian, I can get Donald around, you know, a little under 2 to 1. I might take a stab. Or I'll wait live. If, if Cowboy ha if, if I keep saying Cowboy like they're not both called it. Uh, if the Brazilian Cowboy has a, uh, a good amount of success early in the first, I might look at a Donald Cerrone round, uh, a live bet after round 1, something like that. Because I think that the longer the fight goes, the more it plays into Donald's favor. For sure. What do you think, MMA State of Mind? Uh, I agree with Joey. I think the earlier on in the fight, the Brazilian Cowboy is going to do some work. It's going to be close, but he's going to be edging. He's going to look really good first round. 
second round, and by that third round is when uh, Cowboy, uh, again, same Cowboy like the other guy, uh, like Donald uh, Cerrone, uh, will start gaining speed. I think it's going to be, yeah, he's going to be the smaller guy. He definitely is, but I do think he has more tools. Um, Brazilian Cowboy definitely has a shot. He, he really does, and I think this might be the first time I don't bet on Donald Cowboy Cerrone in a fight. I have bet him in every single UFC fight he's ever had. Uh, <laughs> hey, he wins 95% he, of the time. And he's he fights a shitload, too, so exactly. good on you. He makes quite a bit of money. Um, that's why I bet him against RDA, not because I thought he could beat RDA. I was surprised so many people thought he could. I bet him strictly because he was plus 260, and I always bet on Cowboy. But uh, this one, I think I might look at uh, Fight Doesn't Go the Distance. Last I checked, I believe it was minus 210. Just, just as a parlay, like, because I really do think whether Brazilian Cowboy wins or Donald Cowboy Cerrone wins, I don't think the fight's going to the cards. I really don't. I think, uh, I mean, there's a chance. I mean, if Donald loses the first two rounds and the third one's close, then it might get that point. But I, I really think the fight's going to go. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll pick Cowboy. Dang it. I'll pick <laughs> Cerrone. But uh, I really do like that. I was going to pick Means. I really think thought Means could have put it on him. He was just a little bit too big, too long, everything like that. Had a little bit too many uh, skills in the areas where uh, Cerrone is lacking. Um, uh, but I, don't know, I still got to go with Donald Cerrone, but not as confident as it would have been even just six months ago. <laughs> yeah, I wanted to bet on Means that plus 125 to go in there, you know, kick him in the body and have him take a knee and, ca and cash that bet. Now, uh, we got to talk about the fighter to watch and the fight to watch. So, I mean, we'll start with the fighter to watch. And, I mean, this is the guy that if you tell your friends, this is the one guy you got to look out for, who's it going to be? So I'll tell you mine last. Who's yours? I got to go with Jonathan Webb, man. I think he's going to put it on Nate Coy. I think Coy's last three fights, he just looked, he's been gassing out like, Really quick, like in two minutes tops, he gasses out. But I think Webb's just gonna put on a show. Clown kid. Man, I think, I think Derek Brunson. Let's go, Brunson. I think he gets one of those fast KOs, shocks some people, kills your bet, and uh, <laughs> gets the first round KO. Oh, yeah. Shock some people at minus 420. <laughs> <laughs> he meant like you, you and uh, the genius. MMA no, I meant you, personally. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a little lame, but I'm going to say Cerrone, mainly because he always has an exciting fight, win or lose, for the most part. And this is really where you see where he is. I mean, either he, I don't want to say rise to the occasion, because this should be the occasion where he's at. But if he goes out there and just completely styles on the Brazilian cowboy and shows that he's exactly what we always thought he was, uh, Mr. Rank number four will beat pretty much everybody, but the elite doesn't like getting pressure. There's only three really good ones in the division that can handle him. We know exactly where he's at. Or Brazilian Cowboy, who already has a bright future, he'll just get there a little bit quicker. Definitely. And who's left? Who, who has to give a, a fight to watch? I do. Do it. I do. Although I got to give props to uh, to Bob there. He stole my thunder. I was gonna say cowboy because that's two fighters for the price of one, and you can't really, you know, <laughs> double the opportunity to to have a, a no miss in that situation. But I'll I'll even one up that. If I'm telling somebody to watch this card, watch out for this guy. I'm gonna say forget the main card. 
that is the that is the hipster thing to do. Just watch the main card. We're talking about deep MMA roots here. We're going to uh, the prelims. We're going to check out Joe Riggs because I swear to God, you're going to see some shit that you've never seen happen to that man, and he's probably going to lose in a way that you're just like, I don't understand the rules of MMA anymore. How is this guy allowed to fight still, and how did he just hurt himself so badly? Nothing happened to him. There you go. Yeah, and I, I really hope that happens. And I mean, my fighter to watch. <laughs> <laughs> my fighter to watch is Shane Campbell. I mean, I, I think people don't understand the ass whooping that's coming towards James Krause right now. I, I think that you know he's going to take a body kick, he's going to take a knee, and uh, the ref's going to stop the fight, and we're going to cash that plus one thirty. So yeah, my fighter to watch for sure is Shane Campbell. Now we got to talk about the fight to watch. So. You know, this is the fight that, I mean, if you had one one fight you had to watch on this card, this is the one. Which one? Oh, man. And here's and here's the catch. Everyone's got to pick a different fight. <laughs> no problem for me. I'll find something. Let me go last, or before you, Dan. Come on, Bob. With uh, Brunson and Jukai, just think uh, Jukai's gonna shock the world. I think he's gonna get on top of Brunson and choke him out. Hell yeah, ATL represent. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go next? I'll go next. I'll say, and, and I won't even take an obvious one. Um, my man Bangbros facing Danielle Sarafian. Yeah. Bangbros. Yeah. yeah. There we go. Oh, yeah, we might see bang, bro. Let the let me bangs, bros. Let me bangs, bros. So okay, so which one of you two is gonna pick Garcia versus Strickland? <laughs> okay. Uh, all right. All right. Fine. All right. Have a nice state of mind. Let's hear it. Okay, fine. I'll go with uh, Alex Garcia for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Oh shit! Oh, well, no. The reason I wanted to go Jacal Brunson, but because for obvious reasons, but it's fine. I'll move on. Uh, actually, I don't really care. I know I got a bet on Alex Garcia, but I don't really care much for the fight. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Cody Garbrandt and uh, Mendez mainly because it has such a possibility to end spectacularly. Uh, Garbrandt could easily just knock him clean off his feet, go full parallel to the ground, sail across, land out, and just be beautiful high highlight finish. Or he could try to go for a takedown, switch positions, and just get embarrassingly knocked out to the point that that's exactly when, when Paige Van Zandt starts getting texts from her friends, like, did you date that guy? She's like, not anymore. And it's a perfect ending to the story. <laughs> there you go. Joey G Sports. Oh, so so tough at this point. I, I was going to go with Garbrandt and, and Mendez just because simply, you know, I'm so disappointed that Lineker pulled out. I was either going to hope that... Uh, Mendez shocked the world and, and did something crazy, or Garbrandt knocked him out cold, like I told you, so I could get some value in the future. But I can't go there now because Bob went there. So, I mean, I guess I could pick two uh, or one. I guess I should leave you one, right, Dan? Uh, I just, I'm so torn. Do I want to tell the people to watch this women's fight, or do I want to tell them to watch Kawajiri and Bermudez? Bermudez. Uh, uh, well, Lord Murphy, know. baby. I mean. Let Unless it's Ashley Evans-Smith, because we'll uh, cash that plus 150 there. Ooh, 
Yeah, missed that one. I think Renault handles her. That's just me. But you know what? Uh, I'm going to go with the Renault-Ashley Evans-Smith fight simply because it's one of two women's fights. I'd rather watch that one than the other women's fights simply because if someone is going to have a nip slip happen, I'd prefer it be those two women <laughs> over the other two. And uh, I'm just going to leave it at that. I can smell some teacher bias here. And absolutely, gym teacher bias, thank you very much, because I am, after all, a physical education uh, instructor. That's you get a right. master's degree for that? No, I have a bachelor's degree in exercise science, thank you. I actually used to teach eighth grade science, so I've kind of taken a step back. I just have fun. I play kickball for a living. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> there you go. And my fight to watch, my fighter to watch was Shane Campbell, and my fight to watch is Shane Campbell versus James Krause because... That's double-dipping. You know, you know, Bob, I, I can't wait to see when James <laughs> Krause throws that pretty little jab and it gets countered and he doesn't understand why Shane Campbell's not out of there in the first round. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's just going to be a very fun night. And if I have to tell the fans, watch one fight because one guy's going to get his ass kicked, this is the fight to watch. So I want to thank you guys so much for joining me on this very special Cowboy vs. Cowboy edition, All-Stars edition of Half the Battle. It's been an honor, my friends. You can follow the MMA Genius at MMA Genius 05. You can follow the Clown Kid at the Clown Kid. You can follow the MMA State of Mind at MMA State of Mind. And you can follow <laughs> Joey G Sports at Joey G Sports. And uh, if this is your first time watching Half the Battle, I sincerely appreciate it. Subscribe on iTunes, YouTube, SoundCloud, and on iTunes. Hook up those five-star reviews. I sincerely appreciate them. All I can promise you is I will keep giving you amazing content. I hope you consider it amazing, too. Enjoy the fights. <laughs>